0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is Sunday, December 18th at 1 p.m. And you are currently watching the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, If this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's an enthusiast, or maybe it's someone looking to break into the tattoo industry Please tag everyone that you know. Help us get the word out. Uh, we're always looking for new people to join us. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into an into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the App Stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which plays 12 to 15 different shows at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. No matter where you were watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest information as well as a full event schedule, all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. We've got some sample webinars from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, free advice from Guy Atchison about goals, We have a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, all available for free at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can also find an event schedule with a full weekly and special event live stream calendar. Uh, We also have access to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is much like our Roku channel, only it's web-based, so you can watch it anywhere at any time. We also offer a number of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists. Once again, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. We have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into, starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. And that's followed on Monday with four different shows. The first one starting at 9 a.m. with Drawing Four Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies to help us become better artists. That's followed at 11 a.m. on Monday with the Tattoo Weekly Show, hosted by Lauren Gregory, Jake Meeks, and Gabe Ripley. That's followed at 5 p.m. on Mondays with Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. And... Capping off Monday night at 9 p.m., we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group for Reinventing the Tattoo subscribers. Um, That's hosted by Sandy McAndrew and Guy H. That's all followed on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. with a live drawing group, the Tuesday Fields drawing group, with a very good friend of mine, incredibly talented tattoo artist, and absolutely unbelievable fine artist, Ricardo Cervantes. That's followed on Wednesdays at 1pm with the Tattoo Now show hosted by Gabe Ripley, where we take a deeper dive into the business aspect behind tattooing. And capping off the week on Thursdays at 6pm, we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast hosted by Fawn Baker. I would like to go through and take a quick second to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that make these shows happen starting off with WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. As we know, living in this post-pandemic era, we have certain tattoo events that are still getting rescheduled and still getting postponed and moved around. So for the latest and greatest, most up-to-date convention information or tattoo show information coming to a city or town near you or one that maybe you want to visit, Take a look at WorldTattooEvents.com. Delize Pro, also known as Dermalize and the rest of the world, protect your art. If you're still using plastic wrap to wrap your tattoos after they're done, it's probably time to step your game up. Delize Pro was designed and developed by wound care specialists specifically designed to help heal tattoos. Take a look at Delize Pro for the latest and greatest tattoo healing technology available worldwide. Tattoonow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. If you're looking to upgrade your CRM, your mailing list or your software, maybe you're looking to implement a digital booking software platform or a digital scheduling platform, Uh, Maybe you're trying to take your consent forms online. You can always find the latest, most up-to-date tattoo technology information available at TattooNow.com. And of course, this wouldn't be Reinventing the Tattoo without a very personal and professional thank you from the bottom of my heart to Guy Aitchison, who you can find at GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo You can go to GuyItchison.com to pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, tons of his DVDs, a couple of his custom coil machines for sale. He also, from time to time, has original oil paintings for sale, all available at GuyItchison.com. Would also like to take a quick minute to thank two of our affiliates, starting off with the Apprenticeship Diaries hosted by Amy Nichols. If you know someone that's looking to become a tattoo apprentice or looking for more information on tattoo apprenticeships, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols, um, where you can find all of the relevant information there. As well, if you are already a tattoo artist, but you're looking for another source of information on tattooing, take a look at the Fireside Tattoo Network with Jake Meeks, where you can find tons of great interviews and great content as well as some walkthroughs and live Q and A's with different artists from around the world. As always, we ask that you, if you enjoyed today's show, please leave a positive review on the channel. Uh, Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button and, you know, help us get the word out a little bit so that we can continue doing these types of shows and providing this type of content for you. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, or become a sponsor of the community, or maybe you're just looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com, and we will be happy to get back to you just as soon as we can. And now we are on to today's show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, We've got Medusa in the chat room with us already. Let me go through and
1: have her open up for us. Um, There we go. Medusa, welcome. Hello. What up?
0: Oh, not much. You know, just doing the things. Uh, I'm actually going to shut that light off. So a couple of uh, ideas for today's show. Um, So one thing I did want to point out and one comment on is when is it time to step outside of your comfort zone, right? We all get comfortable with certain things. Um, Oh, Kyle Kyle Olson is joining us from the YouTube channel. What's up, Kyle? Uh, welcome, Kyle welcome.
2: O. We love Kylo.
0: Um, right? Kyle's great. Uh, phenomenal artist, by the way. If you guys don't know, go check out Kyle Olson on Instagram. Absolutely incredible work. Uh, where is, where is he? And there's Facebook. Cool. Um, so Kyle's not joining us live, but he is paying attention and watching on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So stepping outside of your comfort zone and knowing when that's a good thing, right? We all hit certain times in our life and especially in our tattoo careers where maybe we're a little too comfortable with our surroundings. Maybe we are, um, you know, just kind of starting to feel stagnant Uh, maybe we haven't really noticed any kind of a progression in our work. Uh, to me, those are usually pretty good indicators that it's time to step outside your comfort zone. Um, everyone's got their own little kind of way that they like to go through and determine that. And that's fine. Everyone is different. Um, there's no getting around it. It's kind of the nature of the beast, uh, well, Kyle Olson did decide to join us. Wonderful. Woohoo, Kylo. How's
1: it going, guys? Howdy. What's going on, Kyle? Uh, how's your day been?
0: Good, good. Uh, early. My early. day has been very early. I had some, uh, some extended family staying over last night. Um, They actually just left before I got everything set up and signed on to today's session. So it's been um, an interesting evening last night. And um, as much as I love extended family, I don't usually sleep too well when uh, they do get here. So it's always interesting to see how how things play out.
3: I gotcha. Is it just like a, what is it, a, a mackerel situation? Does the fish spoil after a while or?
2: It's like, I love um, you, but get out of my house. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I love you, but I, mean, I like being I, alone.
0: I, <laughs> so I think Medusa kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's like, I like my space. I like my, my schedule, my alone time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like my life kind of the way that it is. And I like to be able to, you know, I'm very happy to be able to get outside my comfort zone
4: Mm -hmm. and
0: to kind of, you know, tuck and roll with certain situations like, Oh, this is happening now. Okay. Um, All right. This we can make this happen and we can make this work. Uh, We'll play it by ear. We'll see how things go. Right. Yeah. So sometimes that's just kind of what you have to do.
3: Oh yeah. You get, you know, the, the chaos of it all, you know, you got to just flow with it and roll with it.
0: And I'm usually a very good person when it comes down to thriving in chaos. I do enjoy that, but I like to do that on a more elective level.
2: Yeah, like on your terms.
0: Yeah, I want to be able to do like, that on. I love my chaos.
2: T- I like my chaos. Everybody yeah. else's chaos.
0: <laughs> in like I can deal with the chaos of a tattoo convention all day long. I love it. Yeah. That. that is my that is my jam. Right. I love being able, I love the hustle and bustle. I love not knowing if you remembered to pack everything and then finding out that you didn't pack everything that you needed. You know, I love that kind of hustle and bustle and just like, okay, what's coming up next? Oh, yeah. now I have to do something like this? Okay, cool. Let me get everything together and I'll bust everything out real quick. And you know what? I'll make it work, right? I love that. We could make a tattoo convention drinking game about like... <sighs>
2: Take one shot if you need to it. start. Uh, take a shot it. if you have to start looking for a massage table. Uh, take a shot if you brought all of your supplies, but no power cords, you know? <laughs> 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 take a uh, shot if you forgot your banner
0: or somebody for, forgot their banner.
3: Ishmael, to the point. How about, how about
0: you, you remembered one. everything, but you forgot your gloves?
4: Those are kind of
2: critical. True, but I don't typically pack gloves because I always buy them at the convention or like which
0: uh, all right, so fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, like that's one of those
2: like I can buy on site things.
0: That's smart. Yeah, it cuts down on packing and gives you more room to pack other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I like the like tracking down a massage table is a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. You know, there's always somebody that forgot their banner.
0: Um, there are some people I know that specifically just don't even bring banners.
1: Yeah, like I know. It's I, super I easy. remember running
0: into Josh Payne at the Philly show one year. Josh Payne over all people, right? And didn't have a banner, didn't have any business cards out, didn't have anything identifying he was working at that booth. Except for like... His health certificate was taped to the backdrop. That was it. <laughs> and I was like, damn, like I've seen people pack and work conventions on a minimalist level, but this was like a whole different realm of minimalism.
2: <laughs> like nobody talked to me. You don't know who I am. Go away.
1: Just <laughs> what? Um,
2: yeah. I mean, it's not it's so easy just to make a banner yourself like like what i did go to walmart pick up some glitter and a poster board
3: <laughs> that's I, awesome it definitely i like that stuff and i appreciate that type of stuff sometimes because it definitely i don't know, like uh, looking at everybody's banners and business cards and stuff like that like sometimes it can become like mundane i guess in a sort um so to see like your your banner that you made for port uh uh the place i can't even think of the name of it i thought it was just that's awesome Um, And it reminded me that I went to a convention out in, I don't know if it was Scottsdale or Glendale, uh, but this lady, her portfolio for tattoos and drawings and everything was a scrapbook. Like you had your tattoos and then she had all like the extra stickers and everything like that. Like it reminded me a lot of my mom and stuff like that, but I just thought it was so cool. uh, Just like have that like kind of like artsy, craftsy style, you know, I think it's awesome.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I think I mean it's cute as fuck. Uh you can't argue with that. It's super cute. It makes people laugh. Mm-hmm. And like I fucking love making people laugh. Oh, like, yeah. If you're gonna yeah. walk away from my booth hating all of my art and thinking I'm the worst tattooist in the world, that's fine, but you're still gonna walk away having laughed at something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um but uh also it was it was super fun to make <laughs> and like I think a big thing is is that a lot of tattooists get so heavily involved in like perfecting the technicalities of it and some people like everything has to be professional and perfect and everything that they kind of forget how fun being silly with the job is
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like getting back to your roots is some like and All of us were kids that fucking love to put glue on something and pour
0: glitter or dirt on it. Yeah. like yeah. Usually that was me. <laughs> I used to just like to douse my hand in glue and just like see what stuck to it.
3: Yeah. The whole like. Oh, sorry.
2: I still want to peel off the dried yeah. Elmer's glue. Dude, that's just so yeah. awesome. I love it.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. It's just satisfying.
2: Yeah. Yes. The most, I mean, it's also like you think about it and it's like kind of gross, but the most satisfying thing of my childhood, peeling <laughs> off dried Elmer's glue from your palm. Nobody here can say they haven't done that. Also, you know, dipping your fingertips in candle wax.
0: Huh? Yep. Been, that was super fun.
2: Uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, it was really fun because I think it sparked a lot of... Uh, um it sparked joy with a lot of people to like kind of be reminded of how fun being like crafty and childish is
3: yeah
2: but yeah, there's,
3: there's like a like I don't know, like getting so focused on the artwork and making sure everything is perfect and just focusing on the art so much like I personally forget like how important it is to make sure that like the client the entire time has enjoys their time and that you talk with them and that you spend time with them you know instead of just like focusing so much on the artwork that I don't know like yeah you just forget how important it is to have fun with it
0: yeah well that's a, that's actually a very important thing to remember you know
3: mm-hmm. and I've
0: been an advocate of this for a long time I actually sat down and looked at it right and I didn't do any kind of like an official study on it but It's just kind of what I found ended up, it kind of just broke down into, but like 60% of whether or not your client comes back, 60% of it is how much fun are they having? How comfortable are they? How's the environment at the studio? You know, do they feel like they want to come in? Do they want to hang out? Do they want to be social? You know, are they having a great time? Did they laugh at all? Did they smile the whole time? Did you have a good discussion with them? those are all important aspects of making sure that that client is a return client, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you can go anywhere and get a good tattoo in this day and age, there's really, really great tattooers all over the place. Now, Mm -hmm. Um, more power to them. That's awesome. I love seeing that. And I love the fact that we're at that kind of a level, Mm -hmm. but would you rather get a great tattoo from someone that's going to make you smile the whole time? that's going to be there and like joke around with you and have fun with you and ask you about how your day was and how your kids are and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or do you want to go and get a good tattoo from someone that's, you know, just going to sit there with headphones on and ignore you the whole time and make you feel kind of awkward, like you're just impersonal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know who I'd rather get tattooed by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, i guess. I'll give you a hint it's not the person wearing the headphones yeah dude
2: it's like well also it does it's not even thinking about whether or not they're going to be a return client but um i mean yes that's really important to plan ahead for but just think about it this way you're spending hours with this person probably multiple sessions if you're doing large pieces and they're going to be like coming back to finish even like one piece with you why not make it enjoyable like do you want to sit through in awkward silence with somebody for that long I mean that that sucks Mm -hmm. like for both of you have a good time I also uh I've always prided myself on uh my sense of humor if I have self-esteem for anything i have self-esteem in my humor department um uh i love to make my clients laugh because uh it also distracts them from the fact that um i'm tattooing them Mm -hmm. so they're not thinking about that too much it just sucks if they like start giggling and it moves their body yes (laughs) so sometimes my sessions some a tattoo that should only take like uh, you know, a small little banger that only takes like two hours or something will take like maybe almost three because there's a couple of times where we're enjoying ourselves so much that we can't actually tattoo because we're either laughing too hard or need to take a second to like collect ourselves. But man, I love making tattooing fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: I think there's a fine line though, right? Um, And this is just, coming from my own personal perspective, uh, the way that I used to be and the way that I kind of am now, I think there's a very fine line because especially if you're working at like a busy walk-in studio and you're not appointment only and you're not booked out for months on end, time is money, right? So the amount of time that you spend working on one client or the amount of time that you spend, you know, with one client in the chair that's time that you could be getting in other clients, you know, especially if you work at a walk-in studio. So I think there's a fine line there. If you work at a walk-in place where, you know, okay, maybe there's a little bit of that in the beginning and towards the end when you're wrapping everything up. But I've always found that I move far faster and far more efficiently when I'm tattooing, if I'm a bit more quiet, like I'll answer questions and I'll joke around a little bit and I'll laugh, but, Sometimes I just want to be quiet because I'm really trying to focus on what it is I'm doing. Not that I'm trying to be antisocial or not personable or anything. I'm just really trying to do the best tattoo I could possibly do. And sometimes that involves me, you know, being a bit more on the quiet side. It stinks, oh, yeah. but, you know, it's like if they are coming back multiple times for, you know, bigger pieces. That's fine. Build that relationship over time. Um, You know, but if you're working on one shot, quick little bangers, knock it out, you know, get it in, get it done, knock it out, be efficient with it, you know, and, you know, get the next person in.
2: Yeah. So I I think there's
0: a fine line there.
2: Oh, yeah. And with everything, you always have to use your best judgment and stuff. And there are also like clients that don't want to talk. Sometimes they're yeah. all like, I I want to read my book. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to get this done, read my book. And you're just like, all right, cool. Thank you. Mind if I put on some headphones? You know, it's always a case by case basis. And always, yeah, everybody should always use their best judgment and consult with their clients first mm-hmm. about what their client would prefer. Um, because sometimes the clients, yeah, they really don't want to be spoken to or talked to. They want to put on their own headphones and watch a movie and not think about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of that way. That's kind of me. I like to zone out. I don't like getting tattooed. I'll be honest with you. I really don't like it. I think it hurts <laughs> a lot. Um, and I get tattooed in some pretty uncomfortable areas where mentally I have to put myself somewhere else. So it's like, oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to throw my headphones on, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to go to another place right now. Like... Sorry, like we can chat and catch up after the fact. I'll take you out and buy you a beer. Right. Yeah. And we can catch up then and socialize then. But like if I'm getting my upper rib cage worked on, like right next to my armpit (laughs) or like right below my pectoral muscle. I want to go to a different planet because that is absolutely not fun for me. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's
2: always important to check in with the client first about like what would make their them comfortable and everything. And you start to get to know these things as you go on in your career. And sometimes it becomes like a little instinctual. Yeah. Like pick up on the client's cues too. If they're bringing their iPad and they have like headphones already around their neck, you know, they're probably planning on watching
0: a movie. Right. Yeah, they'll let you know. I always always like to give my clients the option before we get started on anything. You know, I'll give them the option and I'll say, hey, listen, I have my iPad here because I actually have a second iPad that I actually keep set up for multimedia for my clients. You know, I bought it used. It had a broken screen, so I went and got that fixed. But I bought it cheap um, off of Facebook Marketplace. And that is like my client iPad. Feel free to use that. I've got every streaming service you can imagine hooked up to it because that's all attacks tax write off. Um, you know, it's like, oh, what are you? Are, are you in the middle of watching Game of Thrones or Handmaid's Tale or Peripherals or whatever? Oh, you are? Oh, cool. Here, catch up. Um, I'll, here's this. Here's some noise canceling headphones that I picked up on sale on Amazon for 30 bucks that are active noise canceling. So it like blocks out a lot of the sound here's some headphones, here's my iPad, watch whatever you want, right? If you wanna talk, we can talk, but I wanted to give you this opportunity to catch up on your show because I know you've got kids at home, maybe you don't really have the time that you want to have to really sit down and watch it, but hey, you're not going anywhere or doing anything here, why not catch up on it?
2: That's a really great idea of (laughs) keeping like that on hand as an option. I uh a few months ago I got a new iPad, finally upgraded because my old dinosaur was just not not cutting it anymore for me. Um and so it still works. I can like still stream things on it and everything. And uh I've been meaning to take it into work because I already have an extra set of headphones there that I have been letting clients use whenever they like are playing on their phones but have the volume down and you can tell they're trying not to disrupt anything. Um so I should bring that iPad in because that's a really really good idea and that also is um a way to keep clients happy you know give them options for things to do like yeah I definitely
0: know until you ask. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's kind of okay. like that whole like uh, client caddy thing. You know, you like, could have like a whole little setup for them for everything that they would might need.
2: Yeah, I keep granola bars and fruit snacks in my locker mm-hmm. um, for clients just in case, you know, they need to spike their blood sugar or, and I always ask before, it's like, do you need a bottle of water or a quick snack or something before we begin? mm
4: mm-hmm.
2: And a jar of suckers because of the spiking your blood sugar to help with pain. Dum dums go a long way.
0: they yes. do indeed. Yes, they do.
3: Yeah, there's always a big old bowl of candy up at the front of the shop that I'm at now. And it's been super nice and super helpful.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think it was Renee during her saturation seminar maybe or during something uh, where she was mentioning that she um brings to her appointments like when she's getting tattooed like six bags of gummy worms or something and is constantly munching on them because constantly having a rush of sugar through your body helps with pain management.
0: See I can't I couldn't ever do that with like gummy worms because I would eat them all before I ever got to the studio.
2: It's like having popcorn at the movie
0: theater. Yeah, Yeah, you start eating it before you even sit down, right? Yeah,
2: you're like, oh man, this is the butteriest popcorn in my entire life. By the time you sit down, you're like, cool, I need to go back and get
0: another.
3: (laughs) You get free refills on this, right? Yeah. I'm going to eat this like I'm starving, like I haven't ate all day.
2: No, it really sucks, too, because the trailers in theaters are so long. And they're like full length trailers, you know. So even if you can like manage to wait until the trailers
0: start, it's not going to last until the movie starts.
4: Yeah, so I you always sit down finish and you watch
0: this one pop- trailer and it's like two hours go by and then you see at the end, it's like coming soon. And you're like, wait a second, I thought that was a movie.
2: Some of those long trailers, though, like. They're so long that they, it's most of the movie and you're just like, well, I don't really care to see the movie because I can tell from the trailer, like what happened and what's happened, what's going to happen, like dead giveaway. But uh, anyways, that's way off topic. Uh, gummy worms, pain management, making your clients comfortable. Stepping. So in comfort Stepping. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, wow. We went that's... way off topic. Sorry about that. We did kind of.
0: That's okay. I'm actually laying out a, um, a tattoo for my coworker now, um, my coworker, Ashley. She saw this poison bottle that I drew up and I've had available at a couple of different shows. And she's like, oh my God, I love that. I really want that one. And I was like, let's do a different one for you. Um, just because like I wanted to make one that was a little bit more in line with like who she is, make it a little bit more personalized. Uh, so I'm playing around with some different ideas. I'm thinking about throwing some mushrooms in here. know, yeah, maybe just like a couple of little guys here and there. Don't know if I want to do shelf mushrooms or what, but.
1: And maybe just a couple of little guys. And painting a postcard. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I'm actually really, really super amped to go to uh, Philly this year. Should be a great time.
2: The more the Philly Villain Arts Convention?
0: Yes. The more I hear about it, the more terrifying it sounds. It's a bit intimidating with just the volume of artists and people, for sure. Um, But it's one of those things where, you know, once getting back on topic, stepping outside your comfort zone. Like sometimes you go to work at some of these shows and you don't realize how big they are until you get there and you turn around and you're one artist out of 1,500 artists there. And you're like, well, this is unexpected.
3: That's so bonkers, dude, to have that many artists. Holy cow. If
2: 1,500 is an exaggeration,
0: right? No, the
1: Philly one's have pretty big.
0: The that's list. one thousand five hundred.
2: Yeah, that's that's fifteen hundred. Yeah, that's a
0: lot. Yeah, yeah, that's only seven hundred and fifty booths.
1: Yeah, the Philly shows. How huge, many?
2: Right? F- okay, how many floors?
0: Oh, one floor.
1: You can't fit that it's, in one it's, building.
0: It's the one floor is the equivalent of three city blocks long.
2: Oh my God. Oh, my sweet baby Satan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's one city block wide. One city block wide. Now, granted, they only use two thirds of that convention floor. But it's so that's the equivalent of two city blocks long and one city block wide. And that's the venue area for the Philly show. So crazy. It's literally the largest tattoo convention I have ever been to and I've been to a lot of different shows a lot of them like
2: my stomach hurts thinking about being okay that is stepping out of your comfort
0: zone, and that's, that's why too I many say, people. That's why I and say 1500 artists right roughly roughly speaking rough estimate it's right around there. Sometimes it's more sometimes it's less depending on how many vendors are there um i usually do a split booth a dual booth with three artists so we all have a little bit more room it ends up being like an extra 100 bucks a person um but it gives us more room to operate so i usually like doing that that way so that's why i say it's a rough estimate it's not an exact number uh but it is absolutely enormous but when you look at the volume of people that go to the Philly show we're talking about people that drive up from virginia north carolina south carolina they come down from massachusetts and connecticut um some drive as far as new hampshire maine uh some come out as far from you know illinois indiana uh all over the greater pennsylvania region right you know extending out you get artists from all over the place but people just attending it Will come from all over because they know how big of a show it is, um, which makes sense because it's Villain Arts' flagship show, okay. so it's their home base. It's their home show. This is you know what they gear for and gear up for every year as you know their biggest show, their headliner, and this is how Villain Arts kind of built their brand. Villain Arts is a Philadelphia-based company um started by a philadelphia based artist you know so they wanted to make sure that it was one of the biggest shows around you know when you get 30,000 people that come through the door over the weekend as a rough estimate once again rough estimate but imagine 30,000 people coming to one spot over a weekend
3: it's so bonkers like Google's saying it was like as many as 500 vendors mm-hmm. um, attend the Philadelphia tattoo arts convention. Like, Holy cow.
0: And that's vendors.
3: Yeah. Gosh, man. Yeah. The, uh, the owner of the shop that I'm at, he's talked about it a few times and he attends it and he loves it.
0: Oh, it's an absolutely fantastic, sh- very smooth for the artists. Um, if you decide to ever work at the Philly show, Highly recommend you do the early setup on Thursday afternoon, um, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, because if you don't, you will be waiting in line to get your stuff set up and searched and all that stuff um, on Friday morning. So if you have the option to go through, do early setup on Thursday, trust me, you will be saving yourself a world of headache.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'll have to talk to him again about that to see if he wants to go because stepping out of your comfort zone like definitely going to a tattoo convention you know anywhere is stepping out of your comfort zone because like you're tattooing in a new environment and yeah it's super important like in the whole extent like, like stepping out of the comfort zone like I definitely look at it as like a whole two steps forward one step back type of thing you know Where really like you get comfortable and then you do the next step and get comfortable and do the next step you know
0: yep yeah, Never. it kind of serves as a gut check sometimes, too, because oh, yeah. you, know, you might think like, oh, OK, I got a handle on this part. You know, I'll be just fine. You know, I got this. I got this. I got this. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, I'm at the top of my game. And then you go somewhere and you do a convention and you look around and you're like, wow, I really need to check myself here because apparently uh-huh. I'm not at the level I thought I was at.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. It's like getting yourself out of your like your echo chamber, I guess, in a sense. I don't know how yep. else to put it, to where it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm so good, and you get complimented and stuff like that. But then you go around a bunch of other artists that just like completely blow you out of the water, and it's a hell of a motivator, that's for sure. But oh, it's, it's, it's it's good, it's important,
1: because yeah, it, to I don't know, just to to plateau it would just be a bummer.
0: And that's what we always want to try to uh, avoid, right, is hitting that plateau. Because when we hit that kind of a plateau, that's when people start to feel stagnant. And that's when they lose motivation. That's when they Mm -hmm. lose their enthusiasm and they lose their momentum, right? And when you start to lose your momentum, it is exponentially harder to get that momentum back.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you're trying to go to the gym, and you do good for a little bit, and then you stop going, and then it's, like, twice as hard to go back to the gym type of thing. Right, right. Totally makes sense, and it's, yeah. It's important, though, because, like, I remember, like, my first, like, out-of-state guest spot that I did. Um, It was, like, in a panic attack the entire time, you know? Like, I I, I brought way too much stuff. I was over-prepared for everything. I had, like, all my colors, only used black the entire time I was there. Like, <laughs> but it was such a, a growing experience. um, And it is every single time, which is, it's, it's cool. It's exciting, you know, failing, failing forward. I guess what some people would say. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think, um, I mean, losing motivation, I think is a sign of being too comfortable. Yeah. And knowing when you need to change things up obviously mm-hmm. but uh, um, I think I found myself in positions before where I didn't realize that I was getting a little too cozy and starting to plateau mm-hmm. and I mean when you don't realize
0: it, it can be pretty dangerous
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So. that that honestly and I've been asked this before like why do I enjoy doing conventions Why do I enjoy traveling and doing shows or, you know, networking with other artists or going and doing studio visits and stuff like that? Why do I enjoy stuff like that? Because it keeps me on my toes. Mm. It keeps me from getting to that spot where it's like, okay, I, I'm really, I really think I've got a sense of this now. I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm inside my echo chamber. I, I know what I'm doing. I've got a good handle on this. You know, it keeps me from getting to that spot where every time I go and do a studio visit or I meet another artist that I really admire, um, you know, like getting to be in a booth next to Nick Kaiser, um, also known as dead meat on Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you guys Mm -hmm. know his work, super clean, super bold, super solid work, you know. we were situated next to nick kaiser at the puerto rico show and that was like oh boy all right
1: yeah
0: Uh, i was tempted to go up to the organizers and be like why did you put me next to him (laughs) that's not very nice
4: how dare you
0: he's so Uh, fun and so nice though such a great great human being
4: cool yeah
2: just like not a cocky asshole there was nobody there that was a cocky asshole in That's my awesome. experience nobody i talked to which is a great
0: sign
3: mm-hmm. yeah ego's overrated
1: it's lonely yeah.
0: it is because where do you go from there right oh, oh yeah. okay you're the greatest yeah okay congratulations guess what you're now one of those people i don't want to know
3: yeah yeah 100 percent. it's like the whole um I don't know if I heard it from this show or whatever, but it's like, don't be the smartest person in the room, be in the room full of smart people type of thing. I guess it can correlate where it's just like, you don't know everything. You never will know everything. So why act like you do.
2: Well, that's another, that's another thing about like realizing, um, if you're too comfortable somewhere, it could be maybe you need to go to a more challenging environment when you are the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you can also, you like without ego aside, sometimes you really just look around and you're like, I've learned all I can here and I can't climb anymore in my own journey if I don't change up my environment.
3: Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Yeah. Cause like when I was back in Idaho Falls, I could definitely agreed that's how it was with me I got way too comfortable there and then this big move and everything that I've experienced it's just it's it's lit a whole new fire underneath my my butt um which it just
1: yeah getting yeah. out
2: I am in the process of trying to change the direction that my career is going in right now because I want to open up more doors uh, where I can learn more and constantly be kind of on the edge of my seat yeah. um, in new environments so that I don't really have a chance to get too comfortable
4: because
2: yeah. um, I think that'll help me it'll force me to grow more yeah. um, so like I want to travel more and guest spot more you know, yeah. that's one way to keep on the edge of your toes. Also, it opens up a range of people I can learn from and gain yeah. more experiences quicker. Yeah. Um, Rather than just staying in one place all the time yeah. with the same people with the same information. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. It's huge. Like being able to travel to tattoo conventions and meet new people, you know, that you haven't heard of or anything on Instagram or anything like that. And be able just to talk to them and make you know the networking thing, like you said, that's huge, you know. And that's uh, not letting the stars align for you; you making the stars align type of approach. I can see being like ten times more fruitful, you know, for you, for anybody, you know.
0: Well, uh, it's take- taking that initiative, taking that action,
4: right?
3: Yeah.
0: Um. And so we just had a comment on the YouTube from Brian Raz. Uh-huh. Uh, they said. I feel ever since I've taken on more responsibilities at the studio they work at along with home life, I've had less time to focus on my career. Yeah. Work-life balance and time management is a big
3: thing. It is a huge struggle. You know, I still
0: don't have it. I get yelled at all the time by my girlfriend she's like, why, what, what are you still doing? It's like one in the morning. Why are you still drawing, you know, working on that? And it's like, oh, shit, that's right. It's like, like oh, I should oh, I probably stop doing do this and pay to attention to her. her. Yeah, so.
2: I mean, there's a lot of people out there who's all like, yeah, my job is my life and everything. And for some people, that's fine. That's what they enjoy. That's what makes them feel fulfilled. Yeah. But not everybody can make their career their entire life. For some other people, they have kids they got to get to, you know, they have to make time and space for their family. Other people have like hobbies that yeah. they would really like to set t- time aside for. Mm-hmm. Definitely finding a good balance is such an important key because uh, the opposite of being too comfortable would be like, I guess, burnout. hmm. Or not the opposite, but another part of the whole spectrum. Yeah. And you definitely don't want that to happen because, oof, it's
0: rough shit. Burnout is no fun. Yeah, no. (laughs)
2: Everybody hates the guy in the shop that's burnout, and you hate yourself, and you hate your job, and it's not a happy time. It's It's, detrimental to your mental health, and when your mental health is in danger, your tattoos are in danger
3: it's it's hard you know because like we've said like it's the tattooing and the drawing and it's everything you know everything we do everything we think about and stuff like that and it's hard to allow ourselves to give us those days off you know because we're like oh we got to draw this and we got this appointment coming up and we got to this consultation we got to think about and this that and the other thing and we got to put so much time and effort outside of like when we're at the shop that it's really hard to turn that off and to allow ourselves to be lazy for a minute i guess i don't know how to put it because like
0: that's pretty accurate
3: yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like that work home life balance is so hard when works at home too works at when you go out and about and if you run into somebody you talk about tattoos there and it's just yeah work is
4: god
2: don't ever say you're a tattooist at the bar
3: no no no
0: no. that's big no no (laughs) no
1: i
3: i i yeah (laughs) i don't do that
2: I mean, it's one thing if you went to the bar with the objective to talk about work and to try to reel in drunk clients who might not remember that they scheduled with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, most, of them uh,
2: them. Yeah, most of them won't. Um, don't fucking, don't, don't do it. Never no. Whatever. do <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. fucking talk about being a tattoo artist at the bar.
4: Uh, I'm an I, accountant. I specifically
0: stop going to bars <laughs> for that reason, you know?
2: Uh, like I don't drink anymore but I sometimes go to bars you know to meet up with a friend I'll have a cbd soda or, or soda water or whatever
3: Damn. you
2: know but nope when I'm at a bar I am a fucking accountant if you want to ask <laughs> me about my job let's talk about math you want to talk about math no okay cool great conversations ended nobody's ever going to talk to me about what I do
3: and it's yeah because like I don't, you know, don't drink or anything either. And then like, when you would go out to the bar is like, it would just become nonsense after a while talking to some people and they would have like these big grandiose projects. And you're just like, cool, you're not going to remember any of this tomorrow. And it just person, uh, I, person.
0: So I used to be that, that artist out at a bar trying to, you know, pick up clients and stuff like that early on in my career. Mm-hmm. And what I found was if I, you know, someone would start talking to me about a big elaborate project, like, oh, I want to get my back done. I want to get this half sleeve, whatever. It's like, cool. Yeah, dude, I will put you in the book right now. Give me a hundred dollar deposit and I'll put you in right now. Yeah. Show me your series. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. if they couldn't do it right then, it's like, all right, well, then how about you just hit me up and tell me when you're ready? Yeah. But until that time, I'm good. I don't need to hear about, you know, the super awesome koi fish, dragon head, you know, skull reaper idea that you want to try to cram into one forearm piece because you're probably not going to get it done.
2: Yeah, I have drunk friends that come up to me and I'll be like, oh, yeah, Medusa. Yeah, so I've been meaning to talk to you about this tattoo idea. And i just be like, that's awesome. Here's my card
3: yeah like
2: email me i don't like explain i do not have i do not talk about work outside of work this is my free time and like if it's your friend they'll either respect that or they're a shitty friend don't be friends yeah one one way
0: (laughs) that you can go through and use that um even if it's even if you don't want to put it like that you can just say listen i'm sorry but like I'm not going to remember any of this conversation. Here's my card. Shoot me a message with what you want to get done, right? You know, so maybe it's been a long day at the studio, maybe whatever, but like, I'll get back to you, but I'm not going to remember this conversation tomorrow. Shoot me a message. This way I have it in writing and I can look back at it, right? A lot of people will accept that over. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk business right now. I mean, that's a very direct way to put it, which works well for some people, but for other people, they might be turned off by that and be like, well, what do you mean? Like, don't you love what you do? Don't you want to talk about my awesome cyberpunk skull dragon reaper thing? You know, and it's like, I do, but if I'm not going to retain that knowledge, then what good is having this conversation?
3: Yeah. Yeah hundred percent. That definitely puts it in a lot more polite way of of, of handling it, I guess. Um, Because, yeah, like dealing with like the social anxiety of the situation, you don't want to be rude to the person, but you don't want to talk about it. You know, it's that kind of awkward spot because you want to be professional, but you don't want to deal with it. So putting it that way definitely makes a lot of sense.
2: I'm only rude to my friends. Well, yeah.
3: (laughs) If you're close friends, it's like, dude, (laughs) really?
0: We're out right now. We don't, I don't want to talk about this right now. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. We'll get to your chrome skulls, panther idea. You know, we'll get to it eventually, but like, let's have fun right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's a time and place.
2: Yeah. Why would I want to be talking about work when I'm out at the bar? I could be getting into a brawl.
0: Right? (laughs) (laughs) Can I get some ideas, guys, by the way? I'm kind of like at a mental, like, blockage area. I'm trying to think of what else I could incorporate with this. I don't really want to do, like, uh, what I normally do, which would be, like, an olive olive leaf kind of wreath behind it. um, Or, like, you know, leaves coming up from somewhere. I want to try to do something a little different. I was Where's thinking like ginkgo leaves or maybe crystals or mushrooms. Yeah, where is it going? Um, inside of an upper right arm. Okay. So like the whole inner bicep area. And okay. it's not going to be very big. So I'm trying to think of something, you know, bigger that I can put almost silhouetted in the background. That's why I was thinking maybe like a couple of little mushrooms. But I don't even know if I want to go that route. Because I want to silhouette it all out and just keep it all like super light shading.
1: Mm -hmm. Black and gray color? Color. Color? Okay.
0: Bold color.
1: Bold,
3: bold color in our arm. So you have a lot of horizontal and you got... The mushrooms are more circular esque. Well, oh, you got the circles on the,
1: the bones in the back.
0: Maybe tuck a little guy back there, maybe have like one more kind of coming up that's open. Mm-hmm. You no, know, so I could do something kind of like this. Maybe one other tiny little
1: guy back here.
3: Do you feel like if you were to add like in that section below in between like the bones, do you think if you added anything there it would become too cluttered?
0: Well, so that was my other thing. Do I want to offset it and maybe do like mushrooms up here, right?
1: Yeah, because I like that.
0: Maybe do like Maybe not symmetrical. So if we do that, and then get rid of all this, maybe have like mushrooms there, and then maybe over here. Then maybe do like a crystal coming out here, and maybe another one here.
3: I don't know, because I feel like well, depending on like the shape of the crystals, do you feel like that might just become like.
0: I think it would make to it the too bone. static and angular. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I really like that, like because everything's symmetrical and then the mushrooms and everything like that. I really like that. That framework looks awesome. That's why I was asking if like we you put anything below if it would just become too cluttered.
0: I mean, so if I was gonna go with the whole mushroom idea, uh-huh. Then what I theoretically could do, in theory, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> um, Maybe add one other guy over here for the mushrooms, right? I mean, I could always do some like shelf mushrooms. Those are always fun. As opposed to like, you know, standard like uh, cap mushrooms, like toadstools. Uh, But I could do, if I did that there, then I would, I would actually get rid of some of these smaller guys in here. Mm-hmm. Lighten this up a little bit.
3: Are those guys just gonna be like silhouetted, like grays or yeah. something to like the back? Okay.
0: Yep. That's exactly what I was gonna do. I've got this awesome color called Fig, mm-hmm. right? And it's like this off tone grayish purple color that I really wanna use for these like silhouetted mushrooms because that's going to keep them nice and subtle in the background um, and nice and soft, too, so they're not going to be, like, Mm -hmm. super obvious. They're just going to be, like, little background elements.
3: The solid ink fig? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. That's a pretty color, dude.
0: it's a fucking pretty color. You know, but if I did the shelf mushrooms over here, I think that would be – I wouldn't be able to silhouette those out, so I would have to stick with the cap mushrooms.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that, there's a lot more, like, action points in those ones. And the shelf ones are just kind of those ones that grow off of the side of the tree, aren't they?
0: Right. And I was thinking that could be cool to have, like, a couple of those, like, even if we did them, like, here.
4: Ooh, yeah. Huh. You
0: know, just kind of, like, coming off the sides of the box. Yeah. Like, it's been sitting around for a while, and it started to grow fungus on it. yeah. You know, I thought that could be a cool idea, but then I wouldn't be able to silhouette those out.
3: No, because, yeah, those bring those to the foreground and stuff. Right. Shit. I do like that idea of the girl and around the bottle, but. Hey, there. I got to
2: hmm? get ready to head out for my thingy. So... Boo. <laughs> Boo.
1: Well, there. enjoy
0: your thingy.
2: Thank you
0: everybody have a good day good luck let me know how everything goes for you
2: will do i'll text you later
0: sounds good yeah so brian reyes commented in the youtube social media definitely is a challenge to stay on top of promoting yourself and marketing they also said a good idea would be smoke um yeah and then atomic uh injections commented down Rocks and mushrooms, for sure.
4: Yeah.
1: So, now uh-huh. I'm,
0: like, torn. <laughs> yeah,
3: because you could do the whole smoke, fade in the skin stuff from the bottom up, but I don't know if it would just cut off at the, the top bone.
0: Yeah, I, I think if I did that, so if we played around with that a little bit, I actually have this is part of the special effects brush set by the way um, from Russ Abbott from Tattoo Smart. Okay. Big shout out to Russ Abbott because he kicks total ass when it comes down to brush sets.
1: So we could do something like that. That could be cool. Maybe
0: make some of these a bit bigger.
3: Would you just do that all like skin tone and then just do like a gray behind it?
0: No, I'd actually take that, that same color fig I was talking about if I was mm-hmm. going to do the smoke. Yeah. Um, and I would wash that out. So I'd Amen. add, I'd do like three quarters of a cap of that of the color and then fill the rest up with a little bit of distilled water to thin it out. Oh, Okay. And then that way it would give me almost like a washy kind of color to keep it super subtle.
3: So like in, in that situation, would you do like like say like the three or the six drops of one and then just do one just like a little bit more saturated, kind of like you're just handling them like a gray wash?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: And then that way it would give me the the full opacity um, huh. spectrum to work with. Cool.
3: Yeah, I love uh, Grays, dude. Uh, grays are so much fun. Just like a little bit of yellow, just a tiny bit of yellow. And it just has a tiny bit of yellowish hue to it, you know, and just playing yeah. with all the colors in that area. So much fun.
0: So much. honestly, what I like to do with um, if I really want to mix up like a really weirdish kind of like gray tone, I always mm-hmm. try to take complementary colors like um like a navy blue. Right. And a super vibrant orange. Yeah. Mix those together. Or like a magenta and a bright lime green. And I'll mix those together. Yeah. Or I'll do like a super dark purple uh-huh. with like, and I'll do like two drops of that into like a cap of like canary yellow. Uh-huh. And then that'll give me a really nice like grayish tone, depending yeah. on what I'm trying to do. Yeah. yeah I'm was pretty my- sure that's how Fusion created all those muted tones as well, by the way
3: yeah just playing with all that stuff
4: mm-hmm.
3: was it um gosh what color was it i was uh it's eternals It, it it's it's close to the fig but like it's a, a bit more saturated um was it smoke yes yeah smoke Holy is
4: God, great cool.
0: yeah i'm just not a big fan of eternals colors um,
1: they're
4: big I- dude
0: they're they're thick and they're all opaque because they mix in so much white yeah all of their like color tones yeah to create that kind of opacity and i'm just not a big fan of that like i would rather have a more pure tone without the white in it mm -hmm. and then be able to add white as i need it to create that value
3: yeah and it's I forget sometimes like how like because usually with like from what all I know like with inks you don't want to like dilute it too much if you want that super saturation but like sometimes I have to dip it in my distilled water because yeah. it like, bogs my machine down a little bit and I'm just like ugh, I can't be handling that you know because I'm trying to pack in color 100% so I need my stuff running smoothly and just like how sick it is. Um,
0: well, that and um, Eternal actually uses, so if, if we want to get technical about like pigments here, um, and this please. is something that I've spoken to quite a few people about mm-hmm. at different levels from different companies. Um, some people were pigment manufacturers. Some worked for pigment companies. Some actually just knew the process really, really well. And like all about the organic powders that they start with and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when a lot of these pigment companies buy powder, or buy the pigment to put into tattoo inks, right? To create individual colors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some come in liquid form, some are large flake powder. Um, those that come in a liquid form can come in like many different types of dispersion, right? Okay. One is a water dispersion, which is where you get more of the large flake powder. The other is an acrylic dispersion. And the way that you can tell is if you take a little bit of tattoo ink from a bottle, Okay drop it down onto a piece of like plain white paper or a hard non-porous surface, like a piece of glass, let it dry. Okay. If it's hard and crusty and you can't really move, you have to like scrape it off. There's a pretty good chance that's an acrylic dispersion. Okay. And I'm trying to move away from anything acrylic based. So I'm looking at more uh, companies like solid ink, uh, raw pigments, um, there are a few others that are a bit more uh, water-based, which I'm really liking, like Dermaglow, um, you know, companies like that, that I'm really attracted to, just because I am trying to move away from that acrylic dispersion. Yeah. Um, and it, it's tough to find sometimes. Yeah. But I find that those pack in and saturate way faster than a lot of other colors. Yeah. And they, like, they also have a better vibrancy over time. A lot yeah. of them are a lot more light fast as opposed to um, you know, some other pigments from other major companies that might not be light fast. Look at Eternal's Orange, right? Yeah, yeah. Eternal's Orange will fade fast as hell. Yeah. Um,
4: yeah.
0: it's almost kind of pointless to put it in because yeah. it's not gonna be there in a few years. So It's, you know, just looking at stuff like that, I've started to gravitate more towards more light, fast pigments and more um, water-based dispersions as opposed to anything else.
3: It's just super nice to not have to stress about that. And then, like, having enough ink, um, gosh, what am I thinking of? Um, Just having that that, that reservoir, I guess, of ink right there to where it's going to saturate the skin to where you don't have to worry about your ink flow you know, because that's a little bit thicker, which should make it easier for it to go into the skin. Because if you have ample amount of ink, yeah.
0: Well, it's not just that, but think about this, right? Say you're using a rotary machine and I don't know what kind of machines you're using. Say you're using a rotary machine based off of an electric motor. Right. And this is another reason why I'm moving more towards like aqueous based as opposed to acrylic based pigments. Okay. Um you have that super super thick acrylic based pigment right yeah. as you're dipping through you know say you like to do what i call dirty dipping right where you dip from color to color to get that kind of like a color blend right mm-hmm. so you can get those super smooth gradients in there yeah. as you're doing that part of that pigment is drying inside the tip of that cartridge
4: yeah
0: right mm-hmm. when that pigment dries inside the tip of the cartridge that creates more resistance, creates more friction for those needles to slide forward. That resistance and that friction equates to more motor wear and tear because that motor now has to push even harder Mm -hmm. to get the same kind of impact to create that full turn cycle. Okay. Okay. So now you're looking at more wear and tear on your machine, which equates to a shorter lifespan of the motor in that machine. Okay. You know, that makes, that makes I don't know sense. about you. I don't want to have to buy a $1,200 machine every year because I'm burning that motor out so quickly that, you know, I, maybe I'll get three years out of it. Maybe. Yeah. Right? Before I start to notice a decrease in performance. I don't yeah. want to have to go through and buy a $1,200 machine every three years. No. So I look at things like that as far as like lifespan of my equipment, you know, because when you buy a machine and you really like it and you learn how to use it for everything you could ever possibly imagine, you want to continue using that because it's familiar and you know it does the job that you want it to do and you know you're not going to have any issues with it, Yeah. right? So we want to maintain those machines. It's like having a car right? You want to change the oil in your car. You want to make sure that, you know, if you have the option to, you don't put too many miles on it, you know, Mm. because that equates to wear and tear. Yeah. Take it in to get service, take it in to get maintenance, you know, make sure that car keeps running and it will last you a good while before things really start to break down on it. Yeah. People out there that don't, I mean, granted, yeah, you know, people wanted to start sending me machines for free. I'd beat the hell out of them. Yeah, yeah. I would absolutely. I wouldn't care. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. They'll send me a new one. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Number one, I don't like taking things for people from free. For free. <laughs> That's not the way I was raised. You know, it's like if I need a new machine, I'm going to purchase one. Yeah. I'm going to earn it. I'm going to work for it. I'm going to save for it, and I'm going to buy one. Yeah.
3: Even if it was, yes. like, your friend running the company, you want to support your friend, you know, and, like, don't, exactly. don't expect shit for free. Exactly.
0: So, well, that, I'm going to maintain my stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, like, making sure you're taking care of your paintbrushes and you're cleaning them after you're done using them. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. And super I've important.
0: ruined very expensive paintbrushes before from pure negligence. Yeah. I do not when you have to throw away a single paintbrush that you spent $50 on yeah. and you have to trash it because you forgot to th- rinse it and then wash it and clean it properly. And you come back to use it the next time. And every bristle is super stiff and like none of the bristles really flex and you have to like try <laughs> to work the bristles to be like, can I get one more use out of this? Right. I don't want to have to do that to my machines. Yeah,
3: you can't I'm drive the car it. in the flat tire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and so like the 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 aqueous inks. Um I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh Yeah. W- which ones are those? Cuz like uh the raw is the acrylic free.
0: Correct. That one's uh-huh. an, uh, an aqueous dispersion. Solid okay. ink is an acrylic dispersion. Okay. Um, um there's a company out of Canada called Good Guys Supply. Yeah. They have good colors. Those are water-based dispersion. Uh, Dermaglow is water-based. Um, uh, there are a couple other brands out there that I know for sure are water-based. Uh Waverly is a water-based large flake powder. Uh, it's not an acrylic. Okay. Um, there were... Oh, I forget. There was an, one other one. I know... S- I, I'm pretty sure Starbrights water bright are water based as well.
3: Um, oh, Starbright could
0: be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Okay,
3: dude, tattooing is so freaking cool. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there's so much to it. It's so awesome,
0: and there's so much to it that a lot of people don't ever acknowledge. Right? They're like, yeah. "Oh, I use this because this is just what I was told to always use, and it works."
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah and it's like uh oh gosh what is it? It, it, it the comfortability stepping out of your comfort zone is like also trying different things and how much you can learn from it because like gosh if i was afraid i'd still be running like a, a coastal uh coil machine from papillon supply like oh god be- <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah there's like stuff like that um it's 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 as long as it's like trusted source you know not just random stuff right. like or anything like that. Um why not? Why not experiment with it a little bit, you know, and safe, safe control, um, you know, like on friends and stuff like that or yourself or anything like that. And like nothing try something absolutely new and you know paying client. But like it's important to try out different machines and see how they run and how they work and like if they match your hand speed better than this, that and the other thing. Because like right now, um uh, I'm running a, a Cheyenne Solnova, and how often that hits compared to I also run um, the Bishop Liner, and how often that hits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I, I like how more often the Bishop Liner hits. I still want to try the the Packer to see if that hits similar. Um, to Yeah, I'm getting off topic, but yeah, trying new things. <laughs> um, so
0: the, I'm I run. Uh, a multitude of different machines, depending on what it is I'm doing, what the skin type is, and all types of stuff. Yeah. I've got a, uh, a four millimeter stroke XO or Flux, because they're basically mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, I've got a Cheyenne Nova 3.5, which I absolutely love. Yeah, that, that is really? like my favorite go-to machine for everything right now. Um, it, it does the job with minimal skin trauma, um, it's got plenty of power to push bigger mags if I need to push a bigger mag. It's got everything I need and then some. Um, I also have a Cheyenne Solnova, like the Wired one. I've got a Cheyenne Solterra. I've got uh, Injecta. I've got a couple of Zions. Um, I've got, you know, all types of machines from all yeah. over the place. Um, I'm kind of a machine whore. So how I'm, could you not? I'll do almost anything to try a new machine. Yeah, uh, I'm like, ooh, that one's new. I want one of those. Right, and mm-hmm. then but because you never know. Yeah, and if you don't, if you don't step out that side that comfort zone, you don't try new things. How will you know that something else doesn't work better than what you're currently using? Yeah, but you're right. Control your variables. You yeah. want to try a new machine? Try it. Get call up one of your close friends that you have an ongoing project on. Yeah. You know, have them come over and be like, listen, you know, I'm going to tattoo you at a reduced rate because I got a new machine and I need to find out if it's going to be able to do what I want it to do. Yeah. You know, still get paid for your time and whatnot in, you know, a respective way. Yeah. uh, Because they should want to support you either way because they are your friends.
3: So compromise, give and take.
0: Exactly. But have your standard machine set up, right? Have that one set up as a just in case, Okay. you know, just in case this really isn't a good machine. Maybe it's just, then again, it could be just the fact that it's new and that you haven't used it before, you know, which is fine. And that makes sense. Yeah. But give it an honest try. Don't pick up your, your go-to trusty machine, unless you've really put in the time to try to really use that new machine for everything.
4: yeah.
0: I, uh, one of my mentors in the tattoo industry, a uh, guy by the name of Jason Tapper, who passed away many years ago, oh, which shit. is a machine. This dude, like, uh, I went through like a year and a half apprenticeship with this guy to learn about tattoo machines, <laughs> right? Frame yeah. geometry, materials, coils, you name it. I learned it from this guy. And it was mind-blowing. And I kept talking to him about like, well, what about this machine? Is this a good machine? Is that a good machine? He's like, they're all good machines. You need to know how to use them. The machine is not going to make the tattoo. The machine is just a tool. It's whether or not you know how to utilize that tool in the appropriate and proper way. That is what's going to determine how the tattoo comes out. Yeah, And I'm like, okay, but how do I know if I'm, how do I know if this is the machine for me? How do I know if this is one that is really going to be able to deliver what I need it to deliver? He's like, use it for a thousand hours. Put a thousand hours on that machine. Yeah then you can make the decision on whether or not <laughs> it's a good machine and if it does what you want it to do
3: yeah it's just bonkers to think about that like that's kind of how it is there's quite a bit of trial and error along the, on the way of it um yeah because yeah and everyone's
0: got stuff that they like and stuff that they don't like and you know that's it and i get it everyone's got a different thing but unless you honestly give a good machine a shot and all new machines coming out in this day and age. You can find people out there that do all types of incredible tattoos Mm -hmm. using any number of different machines, right? Mm -hmm. You want to see people out there doing color portraits? Cool. You can find them using a Zion. You can find them using a Flux. You can find them using an Injecta. You can Mm -hmm. find them using Cheyennes, all different types of Cheyennes, right? Yeah. You can find them doing coil machines, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect example, Jamie Mahood. If you like black and gray portraiture, Jamie Mahood is the apex of black and gray portraits that I have ever seen. Like she's up there with Bob Tyrell. She's up there with Shane O'Neill. She's up there with, you know, all of the black and gray greats, right?
1: Fuck yeah.
0: And she's using Carl Hedgepath coil machines. And she does some of the smoothest black and gray portraits you will ever see. Yeah. And she's using coils. So you can go back and forth. You can have a machine that does whatever you need it to do, right? And you can see people that use different machines for different things. Yeah. You know, so the question is, are you giving that machine that you're using, that new machine that you just bought, you really want to give it a shot, you really want to see if it can, but maybe you tried it a few times and you're like, well, I don't know if I like this machine you know, I don't know if it's the machine. I don't know if it's me, but things just aren't working out. So I'm going to go back to old trusty, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But well, until I, you've put that much time on that machine, do you can you really sit back and say that?
3: Right. And it's like the whole like um, situation of like, uh, when you're talking to somebody of like, um, are you listening to what they're saying or are you just waiting to speak? Um, so right. it's kind of the same thing with the machine to where it's um are you looking at what it can do or are you expecting it to be doing something else because if your hand speed because that that's one problem that i've definitely uh, i've had in the past and i'm still working with is uh tattooing but expecting it to turn out a certain way when i apply it compared to seeing what it can do with that person's skin in that moment so it's that kind of you it's it's you can't expect to know how to run the machine right off the bat until you spend time with it and actually listen to the machine compared to just waiting to talk. Um, Yeah.
0: Very good observation and very true too. Like that's pure wisdom right there for anyone out there that's listening. That is a wealth of knowledge coming at you. That is gold tattoo knowledge, especially for young tatter tots that are just getting into this. Take your time. Listen to your machines.
3: One hundred percent. Like, definitely. Like, like it, even like on if it's on fake skin or like a friend. If you're an apprentice or you're learning how to tattoo or whatever, um, hit the skin just like once or twice and look how the needles are in the skin. How it's that how the ink is in the skin. How it's applied and how the skin's reacting to it. You know, stuff like that. Like little things like that. I went so long without paying attention to, and it has kicked me in the butt for a long time. But just learning that stuff. It's yeah, that's that's
1: a whole lot, but yeah. Oh my gosh,
3: dude. Like I'm I'm into this freaking job, career, freaking 12 years, and it's like still like day one. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's dude, just, I'm
0: right there with you, man. man.
3: And there's you know, so much to it, it's so cool.
0: It's crazy too, because every time I get tattooed it's like I gain another morsel of like valuable knowledge that completely changes the way that I view everything. Right. I was just out in Puerto Rico and got my hand blasted by Anthony Tex. Right. Who is someone that I've really looked up to. I love their work. You know, I think they're an absolutely unbelievably talented artist, and I've always wanted to get tattooed by them to like observe their process, ask them questions because I'm one of those people where you can sit down and tell me things until I'm blue in the face. But if you sit down and show me, I'll remember it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to know, well, okay. What's his hand pressure? Like how much needle hang does he have? How fast is he running his machine? You know, what pigments does he use? These are all things that unless you get tattooed by someone you probably won't pick up on. Mm-mm. So I was like, all right, life's goals need to get tattooed by this guy. Yeah. Well, I got tattooed by him and like my mind hurt after we got done yeah. because I just felt like I gained so much knowledge.
3: It's, it's, and that's another thing to think about, like how, how is your learning style? You know, are you hands-on? Can you read a book and learn from it? Like, like me personally, I'm the same, like I have to be there. I have to be interacting with it. I have to ask the questions. I have to be, you know, looking at it, being there, experience it to, to actually learn for me to grasp it. Um, and and being getting tattooed by the people that you look up to and the people that inspire you. And to be able to have that opportunity is awesome and it's huge and it's it's fruitful. And it's stepping out of your comfort zone.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really, it very much is, man. And it it was a mind-altering experience for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was like, okay, I'm here, I'm doing the things let's see what happens right and it was like oh well you know what that was an investment that i got more than my money's worth out of now i can take that knowledge that i've just gained and i can bring that over to the next time i get tattooed or the next time i do a tattoo yeah you know and that's now a value add for me because i now gain that knowledge because i went through and was like okay well you know what i might not be comfortable with this this might be different it might be weird but you know what i'm not going to learn unless i do it time to step up
4: yeah
3: yeah it was and another way of like it's it gosh what what would you be like it's investing in yourself um yes. it, the same way as you would if you were to um get tattooed by uh, your 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 current tattoo idol, or the person you look up to, or somebody that you know is just really well rounded and really knowledgeable in the subject. Um, it's also kind of like um, looking at uh, like college courses that you know, like art college courses or uh, local art places. If you have that, you know, as an opportunity to to pay for those classes and to go take those classes, because that's another you know, wealth of, of knowledge that you can take into, uh, yourself and your tattooing style and your tattoo career. Um, where I used to live, didn't really have that as an opportunity, uh, living in a bigger area. It, it's, it's, it's definitely more of an opportunity. And I never really thought about that whole top, like being able to do that kind of like the whole situation, like you make your money, you buy your stuff and you, you, you reinvest into supply into supplies, Uh, Such as your tattoo machines and new means and stuff like that. But like continual education can be another supply upon itself. Um, That's gonna, yeah, yeah, another opportunity.
0: Question. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. That's what it is. It's reinvesting, right? Yeah. You're investing in that knowledge. You're taking anytime you go and get tattooed by like one of your idols in the tattoo industry or anything like that, you're literally presented with the opportunity to take a master's class in applying a tattoo Mm -hmm. these are guys that you know have mastered the art and the skill that it takes to create these beautiful works of art you know on human skin go and learn you know you're you're presented with that option yeah and from that you're going to become a better artist yeah so why wouldn't you want to do that
1: well, yeah, it's, it's,
3: it's such a fun and cool opportunity. And yeah, sometimes it is hard to look at your own mistakes and stuff that you, you know, haven't excelled at and stuff like that, but you still have the opportunity to get better, you know, and then with investing in in yourself, um, that gives you that, that boost, um, I don't know where I'm going, but yeah.
0: No, I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. It does. It gives you that boost. It gives you that opportunity to say, you know what? I learned a lot from this and now I can take my stuff to another level. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. And and, uh, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to where you do and you are able to uh, look at the things that you had your hiccups on and the things that you didn't do as well as you could have um, and being able to take these things and take them to the person or uh, whatever source um, to, that's going to help you out is just going to do nothing but, um, again, fail forward to learn from. Well, this is what I did wrong here, so next time I'll definitely be able to do a lot better because I have A, B, and C underneath my belt now. Um, and it's it's scary though, you know, trying to take your artwork to an artist that you look up to and stuff like that. Um, it can definitely be nerve wracking because, um, like, oh, I, I want to the. Uh, yeah, it's it's because, yeah, you, like it's your heart and soul and your everything in just some pictures. Um, right. To take it to somebody to where they're going to be like, oh, you did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. Yeah, it's going to suck and you're going to hate it, but it's it's for the betterment, you know.
0: Well, and that- that's the thing, right? We're always trying to improve with everything. And mm-hmm. you have to go into it understanding that it's not, yet. Yeah, you might hate it, but you know what? At the same time, you can't. Cause that's, what's going to help you become a better person and a better artist. Yeah, You know? So I welcome it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, tear my stuff apart, you know, uh, absolutely rip me to shreds by all means do the things right. Because that's just going to make me better. It's going to point out what I really need to work on. It's going to tell me that, Oh, okay. I need to work on line work, line work application, um, contrast, you know, uh, patchy color. Okay. Well, now I know I need to work on my color saturation. Um, you know, I know that, you know, if maybe color palette, right. Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to make some adjustments in the palettes that I'm using to get more, more neutral and more, um, uh, more like grayed out, not necessarily opaque. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? more um more neutralized colors in there to really allow brighter colors to stand forward. Oh yeah yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. I need to do that. Yeah. You know, but you don't know unless you ask. Yeah. And asking is terrifying.
3: It is. But I guess like I guess it's it's also mindset in that point cuz like you're saying you're welcome in and I'm like I hate it cuz I try so dang hard and it just doesn't seem like it, you know, but I guess that's a mindset thing. Um it's important to do that though to um even even um like that's one thing that i i've enjoyed doing is like asking the other artists in the shop like when i'm drawing stuff like hey what what do you think about this uh um does this look like too much or this that and the other thing like the the medusa drawing that i i did um i was going back and forth with all the artists in the shop and i feel like it turned out 10 times better than what I would have done because it was just way too much and way too cluttered. Um, but yeah, the the growth from seeing other people's perspectives upon the same topic or the same thing. Um, it's really cool. Um, terrifying at times, but it's awesome. And it's helpful.
0: Well, yeah, but that's how we learn, right? As humans, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how we learn. Until yeah. someone, we can be very confident in what we do. We can go through and we can say, you know what, I I really like the way that I did this. You know, I really put my effort into it and I'm really happy with the outcome. But until someone comes over and says, okay, that's great and I'm happy that you're happy with it, but you probably could have done this better. You probably could have done this in a different way to have a different outcome that would have given you this effect. Mm -hmm. Without someone else pointing these things out to us, sometimes we don't ever acknowledge it. And sometimes we can't actually absorb that, yeah. And we can't see that because we have blinders on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we need a third party, outside, objective opinion to yeah. see this stuff.
1: hundred percent. You know,
3: because like I get lost. You know, like uh, getting lost in the details of your drawing and this that and other thing. Uh, sometimes the the broader, like the whole view of the whole thing. It, it sometimes it, it can be harder to um see the little mistakes in this set and the other thing like the little tangents or like the, the the minor like uh the coloring and stuff like that like little things and to have a completely fresh set of eyes they're gonna you know see the things that are like oh well this that and the other thing so yeah like to have that third party objective view is huge it's it's helpful
0: yeah yeah, well, I mean, once again, that's why I like to get outside of my comfort zone. It's huge. That's why I like to go and do these studio visits and bring a portfolio with me and say, "Okay, here's some work that I've done recently. What can I do to improve upon?"
4: Yeah, you know?
0: and and just go and hang out and do like an art night or a paint night with some of these guys. Yeah. Granted, I'm I do have an added advantage. I'm not going to candy coat that. I'm not going to lie. I work in an area of Pennsylvania that is saturated with absolutely phenomenal tattoo artists yeah i mean guys that are unbelievable with just about everything yeah um i've got paul acker he's a 30 minute driver. oh gosh dude <clears throat> yeah yeah he runs seance tattoo out in bristol yeah. and it is absolutely incredible yeah um i've got grim tattoo and all the guys down there uh-huh. unbelievable work right yeah. I've got Rich Wren. He, he works and lives 15 minutes away from where I live. You know, if you like Neo, Trad, Occult stuff, Rich Wren is the go-to guy for that kind of stuff. And he crushes it every time. Um, you know, I've got guys like Nick Kaiser, dead meat. Yeah. He's 20, 30 minutes away from me. Jeez, you know, yeah. if I want to drive a little bit further, I can go to Athens Tattoo Company. And yeah. I can go and watch Gonzo tattoo. I can watch uh, Harlan Kantner tattoo, or Ali Sin tattoo. You know, I've got. There are so many incredible tattooers in my area that, yeah, you know, it's intimidating. Yeah. A lot of times, it's very intimidating.
3: Yeah, because it's like,
0: how the hell am I ever gonna like <laughs> compare to these guys, right? Yeah,
3: well, and it's scary and, as hell. It is, and it's it's like how we talk, like a. Uh... The whole uh, don't be the smartest person in the room. Be in the room full of smart people. It's kind of that, you know, to where it's just like. uh um, Ty, Ty McEwen. He's like an hour, hour and a half away from where I'm at. And, oh God. Um, Josh, I'm Duff. actually
0: really happy. I live far enough away from him. I can't go <laughs> to that studio because, yeah. like, that's a whole nother level of just like, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. Right. That that's a level of intimidation that is ridiculous it, for the perfect reason why i'm actually pretty happy i live you know quite a distance away from guy yeah you know? otherwise i'd be stopping by guy's place every now and then being like you know can i get a critique yeah what 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 can i do better on this right and next thing you know they'd be really annoyed with me and blah 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 blah. but what do you, you know it's like so i've become friends with some of these guys like yeah. rich Ren, right um, where, you know, I can stop by his studio at any time, even if he's mid tattoo and he'll be like, oh yeah, I'll take a quick break. Let me take a look, you know, yeah, yeah. and we'll get together and we'll do draw nights and paint nights and we'll talk about techniques and we'll talk about materials and supplies. Um, actually, if you go on YouTube and you type in Rich Ren,
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: through the Reinventing the Tattoo channel, I actually had the option to go through and I actually set up some cameras and I did a two camera shoot. And I did a live tattooing Q and A with Rich at oh, his really? studio at Relic Tattoo, um, and I think I did it in the springtime, and it was absolutely mind blowing, start to finish, a centipede tattoo on his coworker's head on the side of his dome, right, uh-huh. and watching his process start to finish, picking his, asking him questions the entire time he's working. Yeah, like, why are you using this? Why are you using this type of a mag? Why are you using a bug pin liner as opposed to a standard line? What groupings are you using? Why are you dipping into this from this, right? Are you doing that to get a different line weight effect? Are you doing that to get a different line opacity effect? Are you doing a full scale black and gray under tattoo and then layering color over top of it? Why are you leaving skin breaks in these spots? All of, all of that stuff was fascinating to me. And the fact that he allowed me to do that with him was mind blowing. Yeah, absolutely mind blowing. And I can't thank him enough, Rich. I doubt you're watching, but if you are, thank you. Um, You are an absolutely phenomenal person for allowing me to do that. Um, Hopefully I can do more stuff like that coming up soon um i'm actually talking to a couple of different artists right now about potentially doing studio visits and live tattooing q a's with these guys yeah um, i'm not going to mention names just because i'm still working things out of course but hopefully i can get some other stuff together to do more stuff like that in the future
3: that would be cool And you
0: know, all that would be one
3: hell of an opportunity to be able to to go to these other artists and stuff like that because like that's definitely something like i would love to be able to do um there's uh 2512 tattoo uh like um gosh kevin patrick i can't think of his name right now but like his instagram's like throne um they are just putting out some of the best fucking black and gray I've, i have seen and to be able to like i want to go talk to them i want to go pick their brains and. See how they're doing it, and like, how are the heck are you making your tattoos so damn dynamic? And um, to be able to have that in, in video format um, is, is so cool, and it would be so helpful to a lot of individuals. Because um, yeah, just to be able to to talk with some of the artists on how they handle things, and how they come across things, and how they approach the things, and the things that they're looking out for, like, there, there's got to be so much information that you can't even Google that you can't even find, you know, on like little, little details and stuff like that.
0: Oh, absolutely. But you know, that all comes back to the concept that we all tattoo differently.
3: Yeah. We
4: all do the
0: same thing. We all apply tattoos, but a lot of us have a very different process Mm -hmm. and we've got very different knowledge bases when it comes down to certain things. And we're all after trying to achieve different looks and effects. Yeah. Right. And there are certain people out there that have been able to accomplish certain levels of tattooing to achieve certain effects and certain looks to have a certain signature style. And like, maybe we want to know, you know, how do I get the dynamic contrast that uh, Casey Gonzalez does in his Mm -hmm. black and gray work? Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe I want to know that. Well, Maybe, you know, I have the opportunity to go down there and ask him certain specific questions about what is, how is he achieving that? Mm -hmm. What is he really focusing on? Is he looking at light dark balance? Is he looking at large areas of gradients versus small areas of gradients? Is he looking at texture? Is he looking at overall composition? You know, are there certain rules that he's following to achieve these effects? You know, like um, one thing I noticed uh, when I was watching James Tech's tattoo is that there are certain areas of his designs that don't have a whole lot of black or gray undertones underneath his colors. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times he's, I've seen him use straight color and just fade that out almost like he's doing uh, almost a classic whip shade, mm-hmm. just using color instead of black and gray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's creating this dynamic effect where he's using the natural skin tone to create these lighter values, and he's using the color to create these other tones. And it was like, okay, so he's not doing a whole black and gray underpainting yeah. uh, for these tattoos, and he's not layering color right over top. He is in certain spots, but he's very selective about that. Yeah. Right. Because he knows that's going to mute that color down. Yeah. So it, it, it blew my mind just to watch that and see that, right? Yeah. So we all do the same things. We all are going after the, well, and I think we all have the same goal and that's to tattoo better or yeah. to tattoo at an elevated skill level. Yeah. Um, I don't know about a lot of other people that might be watching, but that's my goal. Oh yeah. Right? My goal is to tattoo at that kind of a level where I can turn around and be like, yeah, I can do that. And absolutely crush the tattoo.
3: Yeah. And, and like if the, the people that are watching hundred percent have that goal in mind, cause of, like, that's why they're watching, you know, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, started uh, interacting with reinventing and then signing up for the class and stuff like that is to like get better. Um, yeah. and to, to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and to talk to people, um, about things and just learn yeah it's 100 percent. that's why they're here
0: yeah and we all have something to add and something to contribute yeah. You know? and, yeah and i kind of feel bad for certain people out there that think that they don't really have anything to contribute because everyone out there does uh-huh. and i don't care how deep into tattooing you are it doesn't matter if you're your first year it doesn't matter if it's your eighth year it doesn't matter if you've been doing it for 30 years right? We all have something different that we can contribute to this industry. Yeah. It's whether or not we're willing to share that knowledge. That's what matters. And yeah. that's what I'm after. I want to know everything. I want to know how to achieve these smooth black and gray tones. I want to know how to create the dynamic textures that I see. I want to know how to create a better color balance in my tattoos yeah you know i want to know how does guy get those organic textures right how does he do that yeah it's like magic he's like he's like a magical creature with that kind of stuff (laughs) you know um and for the longest time i was like but how so i've been on a lifelong quest to try to figure that out and It all comes down to, are you willing to take that chance, get out of your comfort zone and ask the questions that you want to ask. Show someone in the evening, you know, identify yourself as a tattoo artist saying, hey, listen, I'm so-and-so from wherever, you know, I'm trying to become a better artist at what I'm doing. Can I ask you a few questions about how you achieve the looks and effects that you have been able to achieve with your tattoos? Yeah. You know, is there something specific you're focusing on or, you know, outside of like the basic blanket answer? Yeah, everything, right? Every day. If if I went to any tattooer out there, including yourself, and I said, if there was one thing you focus on over everything else in your tattoos, what would it be? Line weight, contrast, composition, color balance, everything, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We have to focus on everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah the but overall that's a blanket theory. answer. You know it's a blanket answer that doesn't really help, right? So identifying yeah. certain things like looking at Jeff Gogway's work, for example, right? Yeah. Jeff Gogway is very fundamental when it comes down to line work. He's uh-huh. Like he, he even said in one of his YouTube videos, he's like, that's something that I really focus a lot on is line work, yeah. because if you have a great line drawing for a tattoo, and a great line work foundation for a tattoo, anything you do on top of that is just going to make that better. Yeah. Right? So that's something that he focuses on. Other people might focus on texture. Other people might focus more on light or contrast. Other people might focus more on composition, right? So maybe, maybe their line work is kind of not necessarily like, you know, maybe it's not 100% perfect. It's still very, very good. But maybe that's not their primary focus. They're like, yeah, I'll, I'll put in lines where I need to, but I don't usually like to outline things. Okay, cool. So we know you're not focusing on that.
1: Yeah. It's like... So maybe um, you're
0: focusing more on that depth or light source or graphic style or something like that.
1: Yeah.
3: You
0: never know until you ask.
3: Yeah yeah and it's 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 almost like um like out in like the the doctor fields where you have like a knee surgeon and a foot surgeon and like a hip surgeon like these surgeons that focus on these very specific things in the, the entire field of like the medical field and stuff like that it's kind of that similarities to where like you got these people that focus on the texture and people that focus on language and these different styles and stuff like that so it's kind of a cool concept to be like a like doctor, whatever, going to other doctors and asking them what they have found very interesting or what they've learned, uh, focusing on this one specific topic, so it's yeah it's it's that's cool. I like, yeah <laughs> that's awesome you know,
0: well if if we want to compare it to the medical field, imagine going being like a knee surgeon or an ankle surgeon or some type of orthotic surgeon, uh-huh. and then going to attend a seminar or a conference on um, uh, like a cardiothoracic conference, right? Okay. And going through and focusing on more of the interns, like cardiology, yeah. you know, taking, attending a conference on the heart and the way that that works. Yeah. Maybe there's something in there that can translate into what you do. Maybe it's just a tiny little nugget of information that could help completely transform what you do.
3: So that's yeah, because instead of just it being like, well, I do this because of this, it's I do this because it does this. I don't know, like in my brain, it makes sense. Like the internal working, as you said, it's like not like the exterior of like why I do it, like the internal, like I have to do it this way because this is how it reacts with this, or this works with that thing. So that, yeah, I get that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that comes down to understanding the why, right? Yeah. And yeah. this is something that I'm very big on and I've gotten to be very big on it in the p- past few years. I want to know the why. Why do you do this this way, right? Is that because you want to achieve this kind of a look? And if so, is there another way to do that? Yeah. Is that because this is just the only way you've ever been taught? The only way you've ever seen it done? Is it because this is just the way that you find it to be more comfortable? Yeah, You know, does yeah. this work better for your process as opposed to something else? What's the why? Yeah. You know, and it, some artists out there understand that and they know why. And other artists out there are like, oh, I don't know. I, this is just how I do things. Oh, yeah. and it's like, that's cool. You don't have to have a why, but if you have a why, that can be beneficial for a lot of other people and it can help people understand things on a deeper level
3: yeah because it's it's the difference between knowing something and then understanding something right um, exactly thank you it, yeah because like um you know like yeah you get a flat tire you change your flat tire um because you know you just change your flat tire well it's and compared to like well i need a flat tire because if i don't have a flat tire then this will work and i could drive down the road and i can screw this up and this and the other thing like understanding why you need to change that tire compared to just like, oh, I'm just going to change the tire because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. That's
1: Absolutely. Cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah. It's like, help me understand the why.
1: Because, mm-hmm.
0: like, yeah. and it's something that I find a lot of younger tattooers in this day and age, they're not taught the why. They're just, it's one of those do as I say because this is the way that it's always been done yeah And no one ever really goes into well, this is why we do this this way. this is why we we don't go straight canary yellow over top of gray shading, right? Yeah we know why because it turns green yeah right yeah and that's the way that old school olive drab green has always been done It's black or gray wash and canary yellow, and that gives you that old school like yak color, the black and yellow olive tone green
1: yeah yeah we
0: know the why there right so we know we have to have a transition tone and that transition tone from say a black to an orange based brown to that golden yellow or that canary yellow we know we need to have that brown in there and we know why yeah right yeah but we could also do something like well maybe we do a black to a purple into a uh, yellow ochre, right? Okay. That can also work.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? Because any color that you put over top of that is going to neutralize and it's going to help prevent that green from showing up. Now, if you want a warmer shadow there or a cooler shadow, that's going to kind of depend on the color that you use. Maybe you want to use that orange base brown because you want to have that nice warm transition, Maybe you want to get more of a cool transition in there. So maybe you want to use something more of like a neutralized brown or uh, maybe even like a light purple. And yeah. then mixing the yellow with that to create that muted yellow tone yeah. it's going to create a much cooler color gradient. Mm-hmm. Right? But if yeah. we know the, the why that we put the color over top of that gray wash, we can then expand on that and use that as a skill. Yeah. You know, so it's little things like that that can really expand everything that we do. Yeah. That's that's my personal quest in life. I want to know everything. I want to know the why.
3: Yeah. Well, you you picked a great topic, sir, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm also one of those people where I've been turned down from certain artists that I'm not going to mention. Um, I've been I've I've wanted to ask them questions and I've actually been turned away and like, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm not really trying to answer that you should have been taught that X, Y or Z ago, you know, and it's like, okay, cool. Not a problem. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you even replying to my email, you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's a guy who's a machine builder and I want to know something specific about machines like how much wire do you use on your coils, right? Mm -hmm. and is there a reason why you use that much wire some that's a very guarded topic because tattoo machine building for a very long time has been a very very secretive thing right Mm -hmm. that was one of those things that if you were lucky you got taught it in an apprenticeship Mm -hmm. if you weren't lucky you were just told buy these and do it this way and that's all you get yeah you know but I remember actually reaching out to a couple of very specific people, both artists and builders, and I was told, I'm sorry, I'm not going to answer that. You should have been taught that. Well, OK, not a problem. You yeah. find that information somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're not afraid to get that kind of a rejection letter, if you're not afraid to go down that road and get out of your comfort zone and say to yourself, hey, you know what, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get any better. So I need to do this. You have to get over that fear of that rejection. If you don't, you're never going to, you're never going to advance. You know, so you have to, if you really want to grow as an artist, you have to get out of that comfort zone.
3: Yeah. You've got to do the, the unsettling things, you know, um, perfect example. I wanted to join this, this podcast many, many of times I set up everything to get ready to, to be part of this and to talk to you guys and stuff like that. But then I just get too far into my head and I don't do it. And then this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep myself super busy to where I'm not going to think about it. And then I'm just going to jump in if anything arises and it arose. And this entire time, this entire conversation with you and Medusa has been amazing. It's been so fruitful and it's been so nice and to and the theme is insanely fitting so we're getting out of sight of your comfort zone is uh it's it's so positive it's so good it's hard a lot of times but it is it's so good it's so good
0: oh absolutely getting out of your comfort zone is never easy and it's very scary and yeah yeah, there you're gonna run into issues sometimes yeah. A lot of people get intimidated by the technology involved or getting on camera. And they're like, well, well, what happens if like, I don't look very good. No one cares. We're here no. to talk about tattoos. We don't really care how anyone looks. Yeah. You know, it's not something we focus on. Right. Yeah. But you're going to encounter certain problems. Sometimes maybe technology is not working the way that it should. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's part of getting outside of your comfort zone. It's going to happen. You will encounter problems. It's going to be scary, but you will overcome it. Yeah. You will, and you're going to be a better person for tackling that kind of a problem.
1: Yeah,
0: one hundred percent.
3: Gosh, this has been yeah. so damn cool. <laughs> uh, well,
0: I, it's happy. I'm happy to have you on here, man. Um, you know, you're always constantly commenting in the YouTubes and everywhere else, and you know, I'm really happy to have you on here.
3: Oh, cool i'm I'm definitely thankful to, to to be on here man to to be able to talk to other artists and to talk to you because like you've always got so much knowledge upon the topic that comes up and stuff like that so it's it's definitely uh appreciated to be able to talk to somebody that definitely adds new light to a bunch of different things that I didn't think of and it keeps um, it keeps it the the uh, a lot more engaging um, like Medusa was talking about earlier um uh, uh making it more engaging instead of expecting it to be engaging. Um right. Yeah. It's it, yeah. It, it oh gosh, what is it? It's the uh you get what you put into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, if you don't interact, um nothing's gonna happen. So
0: yeah. Absolutely. If you don't if you don't want to interact and you don't want to ask questions, that's fine, but you're never gonna gain the knowledge that you're seeking unless you do interact. Right. Yeah. It all, and you're right. It all comes down to what are you putting into it? And, because if you're not putting anything into it, you're not going to get anything out of it, obviously. Yeah. Nothing in life is free. You could, there's got to be a sacrifice somewhere.
3: Give and take, um, man. Give and take.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. But that's what makes things so valuable.
3: Yeah. Social currency.
0: That, truth.
3: Social
1: currency. Okay. That, that is the thing.
0: I think I kind of overdid it with the mushrooms.
1: Um,
3: if I could say anything um, to add a little bit more variation to the mushrooms, um, I would say bringing some closer together to where they like almost overlap. Um, Good like, call. like the like the say like on, on my screen, it's the bottom left. You got the three, the the center one. I would almost bring. Uh, no other side sorry on my on my screen it's the left side so yeah. i guess the right side um so like it, it, it and, and that this is what came to my mind it may not work but uh the center one of those three i would almost bring down into the right yeah that one just Does doesn't really see it. yeah bring it down that way so where it's like it falls behind or over top of that one to the right of it or to the next next to it Okay. Um let's
0: give that a go.
1: Yeah. Let's do this.
0: Maybe have like a little bit of the edge. Yeah. Coming down this way. Yeah, yeah. And toward like, yeah, like the the bottom out. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Then then we could even, if we have a little bit more room, do like another guy up here.
1: Just kind of like hanging out in the back.
3: Uh, yeah, I like that because it has that little tiny bit of light coming through there right next to the mus- next mushroom underneath the cab. That's, yeah. And visual weight-wise, like, that's that's awesome. That works. Awesome.
1: Now let's
0: go through and... just so that I've got a better idea. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> I like sound effects.
1: They make the
3: drawings better. And they, say it's a scientific fact. It's a scientific fact.
0: It's funny. Sometimes I'll be drawing in front of a client, like just doing a quick little sketch, and I'll start making sound effects. And they're like, just like that? And I'm like, yeah, sound effects and all.
3: hundred percent. Like, really?
0: And I'm like, every time you see this, you will think of that sound effect. <laughs>
3: I guarantee you. Uh, My wife does that to me all the time. She's like, yep, just like that. It's like, yep, yep, 100%, just like
1: that. That guy would be there. This guy would come out here. Yeah, just a couple of silhouetted little guys, yeah
0: You know just something to fill in some of the background,
1: mm-hmm,
3: yeah, yeah it, it definitely keeps the entire silhouette of the entire piece interesting it's it's not very um. I don't know, yeah, it just makes it exciting. It's got different things here and there. Um, so, yeah, the yeah, overall... Levels and layers. Awesome. And
0: then um, let's go back here. I'm just going to finish this line drawing, and then um, we'll probably be shutting down for the day. Okay. Um, Lord knows I still have some holiday shopping I have to do, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, today's... a.
0: Too... Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say... Actually, I don't have time to do holiday shopping because I have a studio holiday party to go to.
1: Um, oh, that sounds so exciting.
0: I'm going to have to put that off another day. But yeah, you know. we're um, the owner of the studio I work for always likes to do fun, fun little holiday get together things. Um, you know, and it's, it's really good for morale and team building and, um, you know, just a, a sense of community. Yeah. Uh, where, hey, yeah, we all work together, but you know what? we can also do fun things together as well,
3: yeah, yeah it's and, and it's 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 good for the shop. you know the overall vibe of the the the, the tattoo shop, it definitely helps out. So I've done the whole uh, separate rooms for every artist and comparing that to the open room to where all the artists can like talk to each other. Um, definitely pros and cons to each ones, but yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: It's awesome. Well, you know, I've always been a big advocate for, you know, working in studios with other artists. I just found that the value that's brought by having by other artists' opinions and by having that additional knowledge base and those other concepts that are there, those other way of viewing different things, it's absolutely valuable to the extent that most people don't even realize it and i know the growing trend in today's industry is to go through and do a private studio because there's a lot more money in that because you know hey if you're private you don't have to give your your studio cut to anyone else and all this other stuff but you're also losing out yeah because you no longer have that kind of creativity to bounce off of other people you know you don't have that option anymore uh no so i i'm a huge advocate of you know what go through work with other people yeah you might not get along with everyone fine whatever you don't have to like everyone you work with Uh you don't it's common misconception well i don't get along with so-and-so yeah okay and
3: there's ways to become you know compromise and be applicable with each other and you know keep things. Uh, civil
4: there you go
0: right as long as you maintain civility i think that's a very important aspect behind it mm-hmm. um but you know because there's no need to be an ass no there's no need to be rude especially with people you work with day in and day out right you don't need to be that person mm-hmm. um oh crap i forgot to do drawing assist. Just, I yeah, love the Drawing Assist feature. The what? Drawing Assist and Procreate, how you can mirror things.
3: It's super helpful. And it's
0: fun, you know? saves so much time.
3: A lot. Especially like stenciling and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: saves a lot of time. That it does. Yeah. Now granted, I'm probably not going to get to tattoo this before the new year starts, but it is what it is. At yeah. least it'll be drawn, set, and ready to go, and yeah. I can make any alterations necessary.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, to to get this much progress on it now, you're definitely able to like step away from it for like maybe a couple days if you wanted to, um, yep. guilt free, and then come back to it and be like, oh, okay, all right, this, that, and the other thing.
1: You know. And then where is I wanted to add one more layer. Oh. here and just do a quick little to kind of show the level of water or fluid inside this. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut it a little bit lower
0: so that that way it actually looks like it's a bottle. And then I'll take Mm -hmm. my line drawing of the skull that I did. I'll just erase that part here. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Should be pretty cool.
1: looking rad, right man.
0: Yeah, the person this is going on works at a uh, dispensary, so I wanted to make sure that I included, like, a tiny little pot leaf at the top. Uh-huh. Um, but they also have a cat, and I was like, cool. Well, you like the idea of skulls. What if we did a cat skull? Uh-huh. So we drew up a cat skull to throw that in this potion bottle maybe I'll add like a couple of little like
1: a couple of little uh bubbles you know coming up mm-hmm. something like that yeah yeah that'll be way cool it a little fizz. Uh huh. Did you just make that brush just now?
0: What the circle brush?
3: Oh, okay. That that you already had that pre-made. Yeah. Oh, okay. For a second there, like, I have been. Did you make a brush in like two seconds? Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take much to make a brush, man. Uh-huh. I'm I, I'm actually working on a set of brushes like texture brushes based oh, off of different things. Yeah. Um, this is one I'm working on.
3: Let's create a new layer. Dude, I had no idea that you can combine brushes. Oh, yeah. Kind of like with layers and stuff like that. No idea.
0: So like this is a texture brush I'm working on for like rough, bumpy textures.
3: OK. I like that it kind of has like that brush on a canvas feel to it. Yep like
0: that oh yeah you know uh, it's great for like just tiny little like bone textures and stuff like that yeah I'm also working on other stuff too um I like to derive a lot of inspiration from nature for these brushes cool like I've got some based more on like wood grain and like lava flow oh fun create almost like a stony texture um Here's another one I've been working on for like a repetitive kind of, you know, organic texture. Now, these are all just fun little things like a little crackle brush, bumpy texture. Heck yeah. For doing like biomechy, like organic stuff. This yeah. one's, a, I still have to tweak this one a little bit, but this one has more of like a stone texture.
1: I gotcha.
3: Yeah, dude, drawing with those texture brushes and stuff like that are so stinking fun because, like, um, if you, like, do, like, a, uh, gosh, you turn, like, the opacity down, there's, like, I don't know how to explain it, like, multi, it's a kind of like you would with, like, a prismacolor markers, I guess, is the best way I can explain it. Right. Yeah. Um, how it can just like the the detail just kind of show itself to you to where you don't have to stress as much if you just like keep it super loose and just kind of throw stuff together like sometimes it just kind of works out on its own those texture brushes are so fun that's cool
0: yeah i always like to try to if at all possible i'll create my own uh-huh. um, just because you know it's something that i enjoy doing uh it doesn't take a whole lot so you can really like say this was a whole skull I could go through and like add a little bit of texture here and there, yeah. to like get it to merge in with the background, uh-huh. even just something like this and you can like sweep that off. Now you've got almost like a, a webbing kind of texture coming. Yeah. Off, you know, yeah. Anchoring those bones in, um, you know, all different types of stuff. There's a bumpy texture one. You know, I've got several different bumpy textures. You know, just to create different, yeah, like text, you know, bumps and ridges and yeah. stuff like that. It just helps create that illusion of depth a little bit more. Yeah. Um, this one's, you know, a bit of a rougher, more organic texture. Yeah. You know, that you can layer and layer and layer and layer.
1: Yeah. That's so red.
0: Then I I tried to play around with like a Japanese wave brush. How's that been? You know, just trying to like create different levels, different flow. You know, just so that if I had directional lines, I could very easily go through and create like different levels and waves. What I found, though, is that they ended up being too static. Uh Uh-huh. So like it's cool for directional flow, but I see that like working with because like a... they're all the same because uh-huh. it's a stamp brush, and it's just a repetitive stamp brush. It almost became too static. Yeah, you know because each wave is identical to the one below it, so it it just didn't end up working out super well. Yeah, um, but you know different stuff like circle lava brushes. These are always fun to create different textures with.
4: Yeah.
0: Like I said, I like working with different types of organic textures. Um, oh, it's just, build. Yeah. It's different. You, so, one thing you can do, by the way, if you are into building your own brushes, play around with the rotation on them.
4: Yeah. Right.
0: You can make these look really different to get different types of effects, different types of textures, all just by rotating the brush.
4: Whoa. Yeah, Kaleidoscope, right?
0: shit. Almost like a spinal column, right? Yeah. So,
3: got opacity turned way down. That, uh, that Finger Way one that you had earlier, like I could see that working with like, if you did like some type of like Mandala or something like that, but that would be like more of like a one-off thing going
1: be
0: able to, you know. So you can get really fun and creative with it. Yeah. But creating brushes is super, super easy. Um. You know, maybe I'll go through and create a separate YouTube video on just how to create your own Procreate brushes. Yeah. But, yeah. Know, even from something like a simple value study, right? Yeah. Go through and do a value study of like a sphere or a bubble. Or a pearl or a mushroom, right? You can go through, you can create a simple line drawing and you can make that a stamp if you want to. And now all you have to do, you need a mushroom, boom, there's a mushroom. Okay. Or you can do a value study of it and you can create a whole value study of a mushroom. And then you can create line drawings and all that stuff from there. You know, it's actually really, really easy to do.
3: Cool. Yeah, I'll have to play around with that more. I've only I've only messed with like little things. And I, I always stick to my like my marker brush and then like my, my airbrush. Like and that's basically all I use. But yeah, I can see the oh the I've benefits. got more
0: brushes than I know what to do with. <laughs> like this, this is just to give you an idea, like, like this is all of the brushes that I have currently loaded in my library. Yeah. Most of them are from tattoo smart um but like i've found other ones like uh paint splatter brushes and um watercolor block brushes and watercolor splatter brushes so if i need like a blood splatter or you know whatever or some kind of a a textured splatter brush i've got it if i need it you know and then from there you can always go through and be like oh yeah, here's, a, here's some splatter here. Go yeah. through, do a little bit of erasing. There's an ink splatter for like a watercolor tattoo, right? Uh-huh. Not that I advocate getting watercolor tattoos. I do not, but it is there. Yeah. Like different types of hair brushes, right? So if you're working on a portrait or trying to draw a pinup or something like that, yeah, using a hairbrush to create that hair texture instead of doing like each individual line,
1: right
0: you know and then just building up your levels of dark and light Uh you know makes things super easy heck yeah you know it's all different types of ways to get the mock-up done so that you can turn around to someone and be like yeah i can do that that's not a problem yeah um or like say you have calligraphy to draw right Drawing calligraphy can be very, very easy with the right brush.
1: Well that's that one where is and you can get some really cool effects. Yeah. That one
0: almost looks like it has a glow to it. Uh Uh-huh. You know, know, just different straight kinds of calligraphy. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's pretty fun.
1: That's way cool.
0: I don't really do a whole lot of calligraphy, but.
3: Yeah, I don't either. That's, that's that's the, that's with like the line work and stuff like that on the tablet, man. Like, Streamline is definitely helpful. because <laughs> Streamline
0: <laughs> can be very helpful.
3: Yeah. It's pulling some lines on this thing app. It's just like, Wah. it's all wonky. I will
0: say this. There are certain things that I will use some of these calligraphy brushes for. Like right. getting a dynamic line drawing down. Yeah. If you know where you want to have your light source, then having a calligraphy brush set up oh. to do a varied line weight.
1: Yeah. Be oh. Really,
0: really helpful.
3: Right? Yeah.
0: So if I'm traveling around and say I want my light source to be hitting from this direction.
3: Yeah. That's right? yeah, be thinner up there.
0: I it's going to be thinner towards the light source and then thicker. To wherever might be in shadow by default
3: cheat codes model out cheat codes
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't see that for me i didn't i didn't show you that you didn't know that pretend i never saw, showed you oh
3: uh, i didn't even think of that that's that's clever
0: yeah well i mean i, I always like to find the most efficient way to do things right oh 100 i in my view time is money so yeah. if i can find a more efficient way to do the same thing i'm going to yeah um on that note i think we are gonna sign off for today so why don't you go through and give everyone a quick shout out and tell us uh where we can find you uh how we can reach you on social media or contact you if we're ever interested in getting tattooed by you
3: yeah um my name is kyle olson i tattoo out of tucson arizona um i forget my Instagram name, so give me a second. It's Olson underscore tattoos. That's how you get a hold of me. O-L-S-O-N underscore tattoos. And Instagram is always the best way to get a hold of me. Um, don't pay much attention to Facebook. So, yeah.
0: Can't blame you at all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for those of you tuning in, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, today went a little bit longer than it normally does, but that's totally fine. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much for jumping in today and being a part of this with us. Love the knowledge that you shared today. Great insights, great wisdom. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, As always, if anyone out there liked today's show, go through, hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, Make sure to tag a friend who loves tattoos in this. If you're watching this in one of the replays, Uh, you can always reach out to me personally at Philly Inc on Instagram. You can find that uh, other side right over here. Um I'm trying to get better with this whole like, you know, where I'm putting the the Instagram thing. So it's like right about there. Um feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you guys ever have any questions, comments, concerns. You can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com um, for any critiques or if you want to become a part of the show one day. Uh, love to hear from you. Thank you guys for tuning in keep those hands busy, keep them moving. And um, yeah, get out of your comfort zone.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, Jason.
0: Thanks.